There's there's too much uncertainty. No, no. There is so much uncertainty. Nah. There's so much uncertainty. You're obviously not a big football fan. We have a lot of uncertainty going on now. That ain't true! We have to go back! That's exactly right. Can you feel it? Yes, yes, yes. Can you feel it? Absolutely. Can you feel it? Yeah, that, that's, a great, that's a great question. It's exciting. I got chills throughout my body. And I couldn't be more excited. He got like, he got the whole room crumped. I got stains all over my shirt from my meat. Oh. I had a lot of diarrhea. Wonderful. Come on up in here, let's give you a swag review. This is a big deal. Nebraska's back, 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 back. We want to play no matter who it is or where it is. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and, and go to work. Okay. Take a bow. Chick, you can just take a bow if you'd like right now. You, you're done. In fact... You can go home. Your work here is done. At this point, nothing's going to top that open in this podcast. Well done, there's a, there's a lot happening there in that open. Uh, first of all, I don't know if it's ever appropriate anymore, if it still is, to include Bo Pelini ah! <laughs> to say time to yes. roll up our sleeves. That's two coaches ago. Eh, you know what? Who cares? He's just He's got such a distinguishable voice and tone and let's be honest he's a he's got football voice he's a football voice you know you'd be like I tell you what he's just a football player when I listen to Bo Pelini talk I'm like that's just a football voice that's a football tone right there he eats sleeps and drinks football and then he punches you in the face and then he plays football and then punches you in the mouth and then plays some more um (sighs) Man. Well, uh, here we are, and oh, oh, and the other thing about that open, and I don't know what happened there. We had a <laughs> <laughs> we had a return of uh, Chanhol Park, yes, and that was look. I, I think we were just trying to find how how could you convey excitement? Stains all over my shirt for my meat. You had uh, David Faraday yeah. with his. Very sensual, and I guess that fits because we had a big uh, golf uh, tournament over the weekend with the U.S. Open and Bryson DeChambeau. <laughs> it works. It does. works. And then you had uh, Chan Ho Park. I had a lot of diarrhea. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that is such an old soundbite. Chan Ho Park. What's, he's, he's answering the question because – Give us the backstory. He kept having to go back to the dugout, or like what? What was yeah, the backstory? Uh, I, I think he kept having to go back to the dugout. Yeah, someone was asking him uh, at the time <laughs> what was <laughs> he? He wasn't off to a good start this season, and uh, he was asked, you know, why? What's been going on? <laughs> and, and he said uh, he blamed his poor performance in one April appearance on a case of diarrhea, or as he said it, diarrhea. I had a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> I just love, I love the, the sincerity of the answer and just the honesty and the and the conviction of just relaying that, you know, because you don't expect that in sports, you know, like it you looked don't. like you were having a lot of issues on third down dealing with the blitzes. What was it? Was it a lack of film study? Was it not being on the same page as your wide receivers? Tell us what it was. I had a lot of diarrhea. Okay, I have no further questions. Like, after that, it's just done. 
Like, I feel like that goes with the David Ferry. I had a lot of diarrhea. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you just go, sorry, man. I mean, that's, I've always right. wondered if you got a speed, like, if a cop pulls you over and you're, you know, you're going 50 and a 35, you tell them, I got a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> or I, you're, or I got to take a pee pee in the potty. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to be like, hey, I understand that. Move along, you, move along the what? way, Doug. Why were you speeding? Well, I had to run because I had to run. I had a lot of diarrhea. All right, thank you. I don't know why we opened this with the diarrhea. By the way, the best part about that clip is if you go on YouTube and find it, in the background, I believe, is Mariano Rivera, who English is not his first language, but he's smart enough to know you shouldn't be doing that, and he's laughing in the background. He, he knows that a New York Yankee just uttered the phrase diarrhea. I had a lot of diarrhea. I have to imagine, though, the question, the line of questioning was done after that, right? Like, the press conference is over. Like, you know, Keith Mann doesn't even need to go, one more, any more questions for Coach? Or, you know, one more question? You know, like, Keith Mann doesn't even need to step in at this point. It's done. Channel you know Parks. What? You know what? I wasn't anticipating this, and there are a lot of things to get to here, uh-huh. but we're in too deep into uh, the diarrhea. I had a lot of diarrhea. That I think with the Nebraska season being <laughs> announced in the schedule, it almost makes sense to go straight to a flashback here. Don't even talk about the big current event. No. Let's go straight to the flashback. This was April 13th. 2010 when we first he first said that and we first talked about it let's just let's have a flash talk right let's now all it, right channel park is a pitcher for the new york yankees he's been around a very very long time and i stumbled across this on another this website great. yesterday and we talked about what did we talk about yesterday about guys in accents like at the masters nick faldo said this, and it just is okay. You can say anything you want when it comes to this. He actually stripped off, I, I, I can say, put on a, a bathrobe and sat and watched television while he had his club sandwich. You're just talking about Phil Mickelson. You have an it's accent. Okay. You can say that. Say it in a regular American. He, he actually stripped off, got into a bathrobe, and watched TV and had a club sandwich. Oh. Like, I can't do that, That's right? just nasty. Well, Channel Park... There's something always like we had with the ESPN uh, Deportes guy who tried to do some analysis. Greg Popovich. There's something, you know, interviewed Greg Popovich. That didn't go so well. We played that a, a few weeks ago. But there are, there's something adorable about people who, it's not condescending, but people who say things that they believe is correct, and it is correct. Yeah. But you just don't say those things. This is Channel Park talking about why he missed, why he missed time. Why he was out of the lineup or why he wasn't pitching for a while. He was on the DL, whatever it was. I don't know. The fact is he was sick. A reporter asked him about it. You'll hear laughter in the background. The laughter is a couple of players, New York Yankee players. Reportedly, one of them is Jabba Chamberlain. Here is the 55-second-ish clip from Chan Ho Park <laughs> giving his explanation as to why he wasn't, in, he wasn't able to play. I see. What? Just... I had a lot of diarrhea. <laughs> that's, that's what you want to know? Your manager said you were sick. Yeah, I had a lot of diarrhea. Yeah, I had a diarrhea and then... Uh... Oh, why is it funny? 
Save it. Ja, der, der er ofte af, ofte af jeg hælder, der, der er det her. Så han er fyret for et forretning af gæster der, hvor fyret tyder. Der er lidt af kof. Der er lidt af kof. Der Now, am I wrong for thinking that is one of the funniest things? <laughs> I'm laughing because Jabba and one of the other guys are la- just immediately laughing at it. I mean, <laughs> he said the word. There are some words that you can say, but you just don't say because they're disgusting and there are other ways to say them. You know, I just had some stomach issues. Yeah. Stomach issues. Always, if it's either the top or the bottom, you blame the stomach. Right. Blame right in the middle, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the way that he says it is just terrific. I don't know. I don't know. What is funny? What is and another player. I don't know. I'm sorry. And I don't mean to turn this into a toilet humor show. That this is literally great toilet humor. I had a lot of idea. <laughs> and, and Java and the guys are just dying. instantly laugh. Now say that as an American. If I ask you, um, Nick, what was your problem? Why were you sick the other day? Why weren't you in the lineup? Uh, I had diarrhea. <laughs> not good. It's just not good. I had an idea. And then- That's better. I mean, that is that could be in one of the drop offs. Oh boy. I don't know the idea. <laughs> you've got people dying. I laughed so hard watching that. It totally caught me off guard. Oh. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. I just thought that was terrific. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll play a, a song dedicated to Chan Ho Park. We'll do that. I'll tell you what the sound was and who wins and all that coming up. Chicken Nick, 1620 The Zone. <laughs> we'll fit it all in here. And uh, if you've got some intestinal issues, just you know, don't share them with anybody. Nope. I had an idea, and then, uh... Oh, well, it's funny. Okay. Goodness gracious. So, the, uh, <laughs> I believe Off we've, day, hit, a, lot we've of hit a new low. We opened the show with yeah. the, 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 the diarrhea. I had a lot of diarrhea. Off day, I had a lot of diarrhea. I love that. <laughs> That's that terrific. Good. That was good. Uh, that might be uh, what uh, Bill Moose had after seeing the <laughs> after seeing the uh, the schedule. Uh, rep- <laughs> I had uh, Bill Moose. What did you uh, What did you think when you first saw that uh, that Nebraska schedule? I had a lot of diarrhea. All right. <laughs> I wonder what uh, the former athletic director said. I thought, whoa. Yeah, all right. Uh, that's about that's about where we are at here. It, is it? Uh, it's a diarrhea-inducing schedule. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's be honest about that. Oh, there's no doubt. Oh. Yeah, it makes you keel over a little bit. Yeah. Is is it? Um, like we went very very quickly from <laughs> agonizing about not having football. Oh yeah. To immediately complaining about the football that we're having. Yep. And like 100. It's. Oh, I'd do anything to play. To watch my team, and then they show you the schedule and go, "Really?" <laughs> it's like you're starving, you're famished, 
and then someone gives you like lukewarm mac and cheese. Like, really? Really? That's it? That's what you're giving me? A McDonald's cheeseburger? This is it, huh? Thanks. No, but you're so right. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Two weeks. I'm guilty of it. I have been just like, oh, please, do it. We need football's got to come back. I'll do anything for football. All that, and I'm I'm watching Big Noon kickoff, and and with each subsequent, all right, week one, I was like, oh, I had an idea when I saw Ohio <laughs> State pop up, but you knew it was coming. I had a lot of idea. And week two, you're like Wisconsin. Diarrhea. All right. I had a lot of diarrhea. At Northwestern, that game always gives me a lot of diarrhea. Diarrhea. In Penn State, oh, really? That's that crossover game? Diarrhea. Diarrhea. <laughs> diarrhea. But I'm guilty of it. I will just it's admit true. it. I was the one that was like, oh, just, man, just, just I'll take football back. Just give it to me. And the schedule comes out, and I was like, come on. This is a bunch of baloney. It is. You know, I mean, Tom Osborne probably felt that that way as he as he watched that and saw that thing come out. This is a lot of baloney. Okay, thank you, Tom. That was a really way back machine. Wow, that's great, Tom Osborne on the field. Yeah, I think uh, I think you go a couple thoughts? of ways. What are your thoughts? You give me your thoughts. Well, I think the um, I guess the least surprising thing is that they're playing Ohio State on the road and Penn State at home. The most surprising thing is you're playing them both in the span of a month. But I will say this, that when you have players sue the conference, the the conference, they can't counter sue. But what they can do is say, here you go. (laughs) Right. Like, so where are we? I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Or, Or are we being are we being ridiculous that like that? The Big Ten wasn't uh, – they, they weren't going to have any love loss with how Nebraska's acted over the past month, and so they're not going to necessarily go out of their way to give them any breaks with the schedule. Like, is it, it – it, are we being ridiculous to think that maybe that was at play a little bit here? Like, what do you – what do you I think? Don't, I don't think that's ridiculous. I, I don't think I, that's ridiculous. I think it would – it would almost make sense if they were – if they decided, you know what, they're playing Ohio State. Like if they didn't, if they didn't like the way it came off, you know, these are this wasn't an automated schedule thing. It involves human beings. Yes, putting this together. If it was an automated system, you go, okay, well, this thing just happens. Or if it was a selection committee where no one really cares or no one's biased about anything, like the NCAA turn. Oh, you're doing this for the story. It's like, well, I mean, there's stories everywhere. This one seemed clearly. Yes, there might have been some sort of agenda there. I mean, Dan Patrick had the story yesterday. uh, And again, his sources haven't been right a lot of the time. Um, Like he said, Wisconsin and Michigan weren't going to play. It's like, whoa, okay, they are. They are playing. But he said, he tweeted out yesterday uh, that Dan was hearing from a source that the conference officials were upset with the Nebraska governor, the AD, and the coach for being outspoken and intentionally handing them a difficult schedule that starts out with a trip to Ohio State and then Wisconsin at home. There's no way to ever prove it. So I guess it's fun to at least think that people are against you yeah. and you just have fun with it and you just say, let's go. I mean, I'd imagine when you're sitting there and you're in a room, whoever's in that room and they're making the schedule, at some point you then, every once in a while you got to stop and then kind of like, okay, where are we at? What, you know, and someone had to have said, hey, so Nebraska's two crossover games are Ohio State and Penn State. They play three top 25 opponents, opponents in the first four weeks, including the three best teams in the conference. 
Does that strike anybody else as unfair? And everybody's like, eh, nah. I don't know. (laughs) Ronnie Green, come on. Might that schedule be revisited? I don't know. Might that topic be revisited? I don't know. By the way, go to Triple B uh, Printing. Yes. Uh, t- the T-shirts are out, and I do want. I don't want to go any further without saying, without Jack Mitchell doing the interview yes. with Ronnie Green, we wouldn't have that drop. So I do want to make that clear. He did put out on Twitter that he would <laughs> like to do an October fourth, September fourth uh, T-shirt, which I think would actually be go really good. I'm down for that. Yeah. I'm all for it. Might might I revisit a lawsuit? Might that topic be revisited? I don't know. But um, no, shouts to Jack Mitchell. I mean, he shout- was he was the one that 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 got Ronnie comfortable enough to oh, go. Yeah. To, you're right. I mean, you got to be comfortable. You don't just go now, 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 now. Let me let me play a little hypothetical with you. You don't play hypotheticals with people you're uncomfortable with. Am I right? No, no, no. Let me let me just. Play a little hypothetical here okay. for you. Okay. You don't do that with people you're uncomfortable with. If you're uncomfortable with someone, do you just all of a sudden go into hypothetical mode? No. 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 You don't. No. I have gotten a huge kick out of all of the texts and, <laughs> and tweets about Ronnie Green and the schedule uh, and might this be revisited and... All of these things. I mean, they're just all so good. So please go to Triple B Printing yes. and get a shirt. It's just, and then can I say real quick, the other yep. shirt that got unveiled, enjoy your buy. I mean, the design of of that is oh. just a ten out of ten, my friends. It is a ten out of ten. Kathy, enjoy your buy in the logo of Coca Cola. Yes. Enjoy Coke. Um, it is one of those that um, I have already ordered. Enjoy your buy. And I am looking forward to it because there are going to be season disruptions. There are going to be bye weeks, even though there aren't any built in. Oh yeah, they're ba- they're baked in. Okay, like are we are we actually getting through every game? Oh, no, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Well, hold on. B- before we get into that, yeah, I want to stick with the schedule stuff for, yes, for a second. Yes. Because, you know, it's been interesting to watch the takes on Twitter on both sides. You get some people being like, oh, my God, kind of what we're doing, like, of freaking out. about, like, oh, my God, the Big Ten's sticking it to Nebraska. Can you believe this? Then you get some people being on the other side of, like, I don't get it. What's the big deal? You're going to have to play these teams anyways. Line up and play. If you want to be a champion, you have to beat all these teams. It's like, okay, well, I mean – Obviously, like, I, like if you're, of course, the players, like if you're a player, players want to play good teams, right? Like, so if you're a player, you're excited about opening the season against Ohio State. You're excited about Wisconsin and we, like you're excited about that. There are a lot of different vantage points to view this. I'm viewing this from what is best for the Nebraska program in the moment as it's making this trek to becoming a winning program again. And this is my issue with this is why order matters. The reality is Nebraska is trying to become a winning program again. And the dirty little secret is the only way for you to become a winning program is to win. I've had numerous conversations and I don't think I'm necessarily overstepping it here. And if I am, we'll have to go back and delete this. I've had numerous <laughs> conversations with Barrett. Okay. Numerous conversations with Barrett. And, you know, about the team, about that stuff. And he has, he has given me one line over and over and over again. 
And it has been, we just got to, we got to get these guys to believe. We just got to get these guys confident. We got to get these guys to believe. We got to get them to believe that they can win and all that. That is real. So for everybody that wants to pat their chest and go like, oh, who cares? Play these teams. It doesn't matter. Bring them on. You want to be a champ. You got to beat everybody. Well, I also think you're maybe being not realistic with who Nebraska is in the moment. Nebraska's a team that needs to build it all the way back up. And so that's why order matters. And so that's why the start of this schedule is brutal. I mean, it's not out of the question, Chick, that Nebraska's 0-4 to start the season. And that's why I was so excited about the Bill Moose or the the Jenga 41 schedule because it was Nebraska opening the season against Rutgers and then Illinois at home where now you can kind of – you can maybe get two wins under your belt. You're feeling better about yourself. So I I think that – a lot of my angst and frustration stems not only from just the, the anybody that knows anything about football knows that's a tough start to the schedule, but it's extra frustrating understanding the state of the program in the moment and how bad it needs wins to get its confidence going. Well, I think you're, you're spot on on everything that you said in your analysis. Yes. Look, uh, what, you, what you say there is accurate. Uh, there is a reason there is a lot of parity in the NFL. The reason there's parity in the NFL is because of the algorithm they use for schedules where if you finished fourth in this division, you're going to play the fourth place team in another division, right? Right. You are, you are not like, if you are the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're not opening up the season against the Kansas city chiefs. Okay. Now, that serves a couple of purposes. One, to make sure that things are a little more competitive, but also, you know, to lift up some some franchises and to keep fans engaged. Okay, um, you want to play good teams, but you also want to win games, and that's why when you have programs that set their schedules, they don't open with an Auburn or an Alabama. We saw what happened with SC against Bama or Michigan against Bama years ago. You open up against that team, and it can set your season up. Look what happened with Florida State and Alabama. We keep using Alabama. Their quarterback gets hurt. It's over, and their season gets derailed, and Jimbo Fisher eventually leaves for Texas A&M. And so you usually start with a Western Illinois or a you know one of those non-conference scrubs, and then there's a build to your schedule to get you some confidence. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you're Nebraska and you start out two, three, and oh, and then you go and host SC and you feel like you're ready to go and you get run out of the building. Fine. Sometimes that thing, those things happen, but you're right. You don't want to open with Ohio state. You also look, I also look at the schedule though. And I look at the teams and I look at where Nebraska fits in the big 10. And I also understand that there aren't a lot of teams that they could play with a conference-only schedule. It'd be like, that's a win, that's a win, that's sure, a win. Sure, that's there's kind an of element state, of that. Yeah. That's the state of the program right. right now. But I will say this. If you want a chance to beat Ohio State, you play them in week one. Mm-hmm. If you if you want that chance. Now, I'm with you 100% on just the context of everything in the schedule in the first month. It's brutal. And likely, like if they go 2 and 2, you throw a parade, right? In those yeah. first four games, right? Yes. But if you want a chance to beat Ohio State, it's a pandemic. The shoe is essentially empty. empty. Um, no question. It, you know, it, it's we've seen how sloppy these teams are in week one. No where question. they Sometimes you can't even tackle. And so might that work against Nebraska just like it does Ohio State? Sure. Might it neutralize a few things? It might. Um, so I, I think you have a better chance of – this is odd to say this, and maybe I'm way off base, 
Maybe you have a better chance of it being a competitive game if you're playing in week one during a pandemic than you are in week seven during a regular circumstance. Totally agree. I, I think that's that's the one. I mean, it's 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 always hard to sit here and try to make a case of being like, yeah, perfect right. to get Ohio State, right? But I right. think if you have to make the case, you just made the case. How many times are – because everything we're saying about Nebraska can be used reverse against Ohio State of why you want to play Ohio State then. Like, you're usually not – I bet you can count on one hand in the history of college football where at the end of the year, a t- a, the team says, you know when we played our best was the first game of the year. You know what I mean? Like, it pretty much never right. happens. And, right. the, and, and the truth of the matter is, it's going to take Ohio State probably playing poorly for you to even have a chance. And to be honest with you, even if they play poorly, they still might win by like 28 points. Real quick, back to your – I've used them as an example, but I think it's important yeah. when we talk about the importance of a start of the schedule. Look right. at Minnesota last year. Minnesota's first three games of the season were against South Dakota State, Fresno State, and Georgia Southern. And they almost lost three, all three. All three of them, Schick. <laughs> they had to win in the final 90 seconds in regulation or overtime against all three of them. If those three games are against – I hate to call it real opponents. If you're playing Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Northwestern, there's no way you're going 0-3, and there's no way you have the magical season that they had. Because ultimately what that did is it got them confident and it got them to believe. And sometimes the difference between a, 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 a great season and a good season is a little bit smaller than you think. So I guess that that it, that's the thing about the start and the slate that is frustrating is again, Nebraska needs to win games to get their confidence rolling. And it's going to be really, really challenging given who you are playing. But at the same time, I'm totally with you. If you had your choice of when you wanted to play Ohio state, if you just had to choose your best chance to beat them is probably in the first week. So both, both of those things are true. It's a terrible schedule. It's not a great start. But if you're going to play Ohio State, this is when you want to play them. It's an odd statement. Those two odd statements to make, but I think they're both. True. Can help me out with this because because I've read some different things, and I, on one hand, I get it. Like I read from uh, you, there there was different. This is in the Lincoln Journal Star. Uh, Nebraska, you know, talking about the two crossover games. Right. That, you know, Nebraska needed a home game against the East Division team. On Nebraska's original schedule, the only East game that was a home game was Penn State. The Rutgers game was on the road. So, obviously, that's why Ohio State became the second crossover game. Now, was Michigan State also a home game in that original schedule? I can't remember uh, for, for the, Nebraska. I want to say that was good question. I thought that was a home game. Yeah, I thought so too. But I, I guess so my here's my question: Is everybody's like, well, that's these those teams were going to be on there regardless? I'm like, I, I don't know, man. We're on our third schedule, our third one. Right. We've already taken two different schedules and kind of crumpled up the piece of paper and threw it in the trash and started from scratch. So I struggle with this idea that it was just it was impossible. People act like it was an impossibility for it to be anybody but Penn State. I get it. If, if you want to have one, uh, like, have it, having it be an Ohio State, fine. But to me, the, I, I just, I don't know if I can totally get on board with this idea that it was, it had to be Penn State, no ifs, ands, buts, or bad. Like, eh. To me, in this situation, you could have cited some balance and given Nebraska another, any, literally any other team in the East other than Penn State. 
And that's what Bill Moose was fighting for. You know that. He was yes. like, hey, let's, let's rework these things. Let's try and do that. Because, you know, Nebraska, they're permanent. It's a, you know, I love the word permanent. Yeah. Permanent crossover that rotates off after four or five years. But it, from 2016 to 2021, it's Ohio State. And then from 2022 to 2025, it'll be Michigan. Uh, the Penn State side of this, I, I don't know how they, they work these, where they just, if they messed it up this year or altered it this year, they'd have to alter four or five years in advance of these other schedules. But, I, but I'm with you. The fact that we are able to book games and schedule games six days in advance, like Houston was doing with Baylor, lends you to believe that if we're looking out for everybody in the league, what do you want typically? You want as many teams to get as many wins as possible in your league and also have your bell cow win a national championship that's why what do people always say like in the sec oh look at all these bowl eligible teams how many teams do you have go bowling you try and make your schedule so that like a Vanderbilt can get to six wins, mm-hmm. right? Or, a, you know, a Mississippi State or, you know, pick any other yeah. team in, in the SEC to, to try and move up because you're right. I mean, recruits want to see wins and players want to believe that they can win if they're on the team. And so it's something that could have been fixed, but... Given what has happened over the last month, right. this league was not going to bend over backwards for Nebraska. Nebraska took them into the courtroom. Nebraska threw them under the bus. Nebraska went to the went to the media to say, let's do this. Emails came out. Like of all of the programs to make the Big Ten look bad, Nebraska took the cake. Mm-hmm. They did it right. They were righteous and correct in doing what they did. But they, because of what they did, they weren't going to get any favors. And that's really too bad. And, and it makes you, if you're a Nebraska fan, it continues to make you feel like you're, you're an outsider. You're just kind of renting. You're leasing. You're not owning. Yeah. And the only way you're going to feel like you belong is if you win. Well, how do you win? You get better schedules than you got this year. Totally agree. I mean, that's, that's just it. It's not too crazy a dots to connect to say what you just said about all the different things that Nebraska did in fighting for football's return and shining a light on a lot uh, in a lot of ways to make the Big 10 conference not look good and then you then you look at their schedule in particular how the season starts and you go okay do these two things correlate at all like i don't think that's that's crazy to say out loud i re- i really don't and, and, it, and it's, it is what it is, I guess. And, and I said yesterday on my ESPN uh, radio show with Myron Metcalf, which you can hear at 9 a.m. Central to noon. Shouts out to Myron Metcalf. Central. Look at you. Love him. Um, but I said, and we were talking about it, and he, he brought up this, this great analogy and this great picture of Kevin Warren is sitting there like Dr. Claw and Inspector Gadget. <laughs> yes. And he's petting the cat. I promise I'll get you. And he's thinking about ways that they can get oh, Nebraska, yeah. right? There's no doubt. <laughs> and uh, but but the one thing I kept coming to, and I felt, you know, and I hate to criticize, you know, ESPN analysts or even Fox analysts because you get paid to do a job, you get paid to say things that are catchy and fun. Yeah. But there was too much of the careful what you wish for Nebraska yeah. stuff that that is such. It's such low-hanging fruit, and especially when it comes from former college football players, because it's like, careful what you wish for. What? Wishing to play? Play a football? Wishing to compete? 
Like, do you not remember what that's like? Like, of course, you wanted to compete and play. And the fact that they don't, yeah, they want to win, but them wanting to play is not contingent on what their schedule is. They just want to play. And for people to come out and say, careful what you wish for, Nebraska, I get the comment because of the drive-by takes that we've seen over the last month. But it's fairly it's fairly lazy and it's fairly disingenuous, especially when it comes from the mouths of guys that would would kill to get back out on the no field doubt. again and play. Yeah, I totally. I, yeah, because that was there was just a lot of different things that were grinding my gears, if you will, <laughs> on Saturday with not only the schedule, but then, like you said, the takes from people like. A Nebraska wanted football. Well, they got it. Am I right? Or, yeah, like I heard Rob Stone when they announced yeah. like week two or week three going, well, you think Scott Frost is rethinking this thing? First of all, he's mourning the loss of his father. Right. So let's, let's, let's think about know, that let's for th- a second. Think about what's really important here, yes. what he's going through. But the other part of that is, of course he's not. Yeah, he like, wants to play. Yeah, these guys are coaches. These guys want to play, you know? like, and, and I just, you know, be careful what you wish for. Like Nebraska wanted to play. Well, they got it. Like, I want to be like, hold on. So that would insinuate you think Nebraska was the only school that wanted to play. Now, the way they voiced their intentions of wanting to play might have been louder and more public than everybody else. But let's not paint this like Nebraska wanted to play. Nobody else wanted to play. But everybody is just bending over so Nebraska can play. Like, I, I just – that's so – that's so that just doesn't sit well and, with me. And one of the things I heard Mark Sanchez say, and this is a common belief, unfortunately, was, you know, and I heard him say it almost flippantly on ABC over the weekend or ESPN when he was doing a halftime or something. They were talking about the schedule and he said something to the effect of, you know, he had Nebraska, you know, kind of flirting with leaving for the Big 12. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. About? Yes. It's like, yeah, that's that that did not that wasn't it. And so but that that gives you a window into why Nebraska is viewed the way they were viewed, because when Scott Frost said, we'll play anyone anywhere, we're willing to look outside the league or whatever he said about just wanting to play, we're going to explore our options. We hope it's with the Big Ten. People took that as, oh, they're ready to they're ready to just fold up shop and go to the Big 12. It's like that's not. Like th- that's just an uneducated opinion and uneducated when it comes to knowing how challenging it is to leave a conference and knowing the benefits of being in a league like the Big Ten. So right. just it's it, but it, it but it is what it is. And the in the issue now, Nick, as we spin it forward, is Nebraska's in is going to be a whipping boy this year oh. when they if they start zero and one, if it, they start zero and two, if they start one and five, it's going to be like <laughs> they're going to be mocked. See, and and I really. That, you know, as, as a guy from Nebraska who covered Nebraska knows how important it is to the people and you, I, I just shudder at that thought. And I hope that doesn't happen, but I believe that it will. Oh, you better believe. I mean, I can see Sports Center now or SVP, you know, being like, all right, let's go to the highlights here in October and be like, well, you know what team is maybe rethinking wanting to play this season? Nebraska here in the first quarter, Justin Fields hooking up deep, 7 nothing on the first drive. You know, and, and it's – say I mean, listen, it's possible the final score of that game is a lot to a little. And it, the jokes will be, a, 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 will be crazy, and that's how it'll be. And it's just unfortunate that, to me, Nebraska, Nebraska fought for everything that was right, and – and yet they're going to get drugged through the mud throughout this time. Like it's funny how the two, I mean, the two programs that wanted that fought the hardest for football to come back were Nebraska and Ohio State. 
that that's a part of the reason they're playing in the first week. And it's funny how, on one hand, Ohio State almost gets applauded for their work to get football back, but then Nebraska almost just becomes this like wrestling heel for what they did to try to get football back. And so I'm with you. I mean, I, I, I've i already started to – and Husker fans that are listening to this, you better start bracing yourself because Nebraska is going to get crushed this year anytime they lose a game with because because of the low-hanging fruit lazy takes of, oh, you probably don't want to play now, do you? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Desmond Howard, I think, said something to the effect of they must think they're going to be good this year. So yeah. it's like, well, like, okay, I, mean, I think they think they just want to play. They, but mean, here, but here's play? what all all of this stems from, and I even mentioned it to Myron, and he just his knee-jerk reaction was why, is, why does Ohio State get a pass and Nebraska doesn't is what has Nebraska Torn. won. That, that's what it that's, is. That's, well, that's all it is. When you, when you are the loudest voice and you don't – it's like the eighth guy on the bench – of a basketball team or the eighth guy in the rotation, right? If you, if he's talking, it's like, okay, quit your chirping. If LeBron's talking, it's something completely different. Th- that's it. Right. It's, it's two things. It's what have you done for me lately? But then it's also of where did you do what you've done? And that this is where the, the whole big, tw- like the whole big move to the big 10 makes it interesting. You know, if, like, look at the, the war. I'm just thinking about basketball, Big Shock. Nick Baugh tries to bring every conversation back to basketball. You think about the Warriors. Like, if Steph, when, when KD joins the Warriors, if Steph maybe puts up a gripe about something with the Warriors, it lands different because he was an original member of the Warriors. When K, If KD does, it, it, it's not going to land as well because, well, you just got here. And so th- there's no question that it's a product of those two things to me. It is of Ohio State has earned the right over the past two decades with their success on the football field to complain and kick and scream. Nebraska hasn't. And then the reality, like, I don't, do you, do you think if Nebraska was in the Big 12, let's say for whatever reason the situation was the same, but they're in the Big 12, I have a hard time feeling like, like they wouldn't do this to Ohio State. Ohio State is not playing Minnesota, Wisconsin, or Iowa this year. Like they they wouldn't they they wouldn't do this to to the teams that have the a little bit of clout and pull within the conference. And this is just a, an, another a, another kind of thing to kind of write down to as to what makes it tough when you change conferences, I guess. Yeah, and when the SEC unveiled their uh, games, their added games, what was it like? Alabama, they gave them Missouri and wh- whoever it was. Them Georgia, and you, or, you know what I mean. It's it was one of those things that you just you understood. Yes. Okay, this is you're you're looking out for your best teams, and you don't care about your teams that aren't your best teams. Like no you're doubt. not gonna you're not gonna bend over backwards for those that are kind of middle of the pack or bottom tier. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I did want to get to you mentioned about what that must have sounded like and what that room was like when they were talking about. <laughs> Uh, Ohio State and Nebraska and all that stuff. Uh, I do have the audio recording. What? Yeah, it, it took, you know, the Freedom of Information Act stuff. I didn't know Zoom meetings and that audio was available with Freedom of Information Act. And I didn't even know how to file a FOIA until really this morning. And right. it came very it came very quickly. So uh, here is uh, 
get your thoughts on this because I think you know the Journal Star and the Omaha World Herald, the Athletic, and Mitch Sherman, everybody, they're going to want to hear this, and it's it's really troubling. But let's listen to how it all started as uh, they were putting together the schedule. All right, thank you everyone for being here uh, for this Zoom call as we uh, begin to put together the new Big Ten football schedule. Uh, where do we want to begin? Uh, how about Week One? That's a great idea, Bob. Let's start here in Week One. Uh, let's acknowledge the elephant in the room here. What do we do with Nebraska week one? Well, I know for me, I wouldn't mind uh, put, putting them at Ohio State. That's a good idea. Anyone else? Yeah, Ohio State. That sounds good to me. All in favor, say aye. Aye. All right, sounds good. Let's put Nebraska at Ohio State. Uh, let's stick with them. Where do we want to put them week two? Ohio State. Are we allowed to do that? Can we put them at Ohio State again? It's our schedule. Why not? That's a great point. Uh, Judy, could you check on that real quick just to see if we can put them at Ohio State again? Because this is really interesting to see if we could if we could do that. Yeah, I mean, Scott Frost is on the return to competition committee. How about, how about return to crap? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Put them at Ohio State. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Uh, let's see if we can do that. So they're at Ohio State week one, at Ohio State week two. Uh, where do we want to put them here in week three? At Ohio State. All right. I don't know if we can continue to put them at Ohio State for three consecutive weeks. They sued the league. I, I understand they sued the league, but I'm not sure that we can do that. Uh, what would be our other options if we can't put them at Ohio State three weeks in a row? Can we put them at Alabama? You know, I don't think we have the jurisdiction to put them at Alabama. I think they went SEC-only scheduling this year. What about at the Baltimore Ravens? You know, I don't really think that we can do that, but I'll check. Judy, could you check to see them if we can put them at Baltimore? I, I do think it's worth checking to see when Baltimore's bye is this year. All right, assuming we can do this, where do we put them uh, the following week after that? Let's go week four here. Any suggestions? Let's put them at Oklahoma. We can put them back at the Big 12 where they belong. Okay, I, I don't know if conference realignment is a part of this, but I, I am fully in support of putting them out of the league. Anyone have any disagreements? Okay, it appears like that might be a, a go-ahead. Okay, and the following game for Nebraska, where do we want to put them? I want to put them in a courtroom and sue them. All right, I think we should move along here. Let's uh, move to Illinois. All right. It's amazing, though, when you think about it, they intentionally they wanted to do Ohio State in Columbus the first three weeks, the first three, the first three weeks, a triple, a triple header. Oh, man. Like, I don't know what the opposite of a home at home at home is. It's just uh, can we put them at Alabama? <laughs> Do you imagine? <laughs> Here's Nebraska's schedule at Ohio State, at Ohio State, at Alabama, at Oklahoma. Scott, you said you'd play anyone anywhere. No complaining. You got your football. In parentheses, potential game at Baltimore. If, if Roger Goodell, pending Goodell's approval, Nebraska will play at Baltimore. If the bye weeks line up, yep. uh, we're going we're gonna to Judy. Them. I love Ju Judy checking on things. Perfect. Judy, we check on things. <laughs> <laughs> Did you 
give this a look see here oh that is great chick Anger. god look at you i feel i feel like god. in some odd way like it maybe people appreciate this this show this podcast is starting to sound more and more like the show you totally do. totally true it's not even like like initially it was like oh this is a little different little spin on it it is just Give it, give it a month, then we are right back to the old ways. Oh man, oh, that that was, a lot of diarrhea. All right, thank you. Um, but anyway, uh, so we've gone from the, the schedule, and again, do you want to do uh, a prediction here? I mean, I yeah. kind of, and I didn't mean this to be a snarky tweet. I meant it to be really sincere, genuine. I said for the first time, this following statement is true, which is. If Nebraska wins four games, it's a good year. Oh yeah. Now, obviously, it's different because you're playing you're playing eight <laughs> regular season games. Uh, so a four and four is like, hey, if you played twelve, six and six, you take that. Remember when that original schedule was out? You go, gosh, if they make a bowl game, this right. will be a good year. And then it went to conference only, and you looked at it and you said, well, maybe they can get to five. And now I look at this and I say. I mean, four and four, you would take that for me and you would sprint out of the gymnasium into your car, go home, have a pizza and a beer and go to bed. Totally agree. Totally agree. If you, if you offer people four, you take it. You just do. The one thing in terms of predicting, you, you almost the, the, the traditional conventional lens in which you judge a team and a season and opponents and all that stuff almost has to you have to throw that to the side here. And the one thing that I do think is real is I do think Nebraska has been the most aggressive and handled the off-season workouts and continuing to condition and all that stuff as good or better than anyone in the country. It is hard, Chick, when you're having to – you know, you look at a team like Northwestern and Wisconsin. The, like, Wisconsin, if I'm not mistaken, they're still on a pause. Like, right now, they – I, they have paused all workouts. Like that stuff makes a difference. Like just continuing to to get a lift in, to get a get a seven on seven in or whatever. That stuff makes a difference. So while yes, I realize Nebraska's had you know what is it now three straight losing seasons, and this isn't a very talented good football team yet. I also think within the context of how some of these other opponents have prepared, I, I think makes things interesting and this so this season as much as you're battling you know each opponent each week you're battling the virus each week and you're also having to kind of pay for and the sins of how you handled things in the offseason with how much you were working out so like I don't I don't think it's I gun to my head I'd say they probably go three and five yeah but I don't think, like, could they go four, four and four? Absolutely they could go four and four. Yeah. And, and it's almost better, like, and we can make those statements now. We have, I mean, the start of the season is still a long ways a away. A long ways like, away. October 24th is, I mean, it feels like three months from now, and so much can change. You have no idea, you know, even just things you don't even think about, whether it's injuries, let alone the COVID tracing and all those types of things. And so, you know, I, I'm with you. I'm kind of like between three and five, four and four. And it could because, fall apart know, and they could win two games. I mean, honestly, yeah, it could happen. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think I think anything truly is possible. Every game 
not every game is winnable, but every game is losable. I think yeah. that's yeah. kind of where Nebraska is uh, right now, and it's, it's unfortunate. But you know what they say, Nick? Careful what you wish for. Yeah, you wanted football. Well, you got it, Nebraska, you jerks. <laughs> <laughs> but the COVID stuff and that tracing and the stringent deal with if you test positive, you're done for 21 days. Damn. And the uh, I just hope the daily antigen testing is – is really as good as they believe it's going to be so that you can test someone. They show no symptoms. They're not even at the precipice of feeling one symptom, let alone a sniffle. Yet we find out, okay, you've got it so that you don't have these folks having to sit out. I mean, would you have Louisiana tech Saturday had 20 people have to sit out. You've had Baylor and Houston. They rescheduled. They've had four or five different season opening opponents that they've had to do. And, um, I feel like most of these postponements and cancellations have been group of five. You haven't seen as many on the power five level. You saw TCU, you saw Baylor with Houston, you know, North Carolina with their game against Charlotte. That was a purely a Charlotte 49ers deal. And so you hope that it's just different in the, in the major conferences and in the power five where they can afford, you know, you're kind of seeing that line between the haves and the have nots. You can afford the testing, the higher quality testing, the more frequent testing, and maybe we'll get these games in. I don't think we'll get every game in for every uh, all 14 Big Ten teams, but I think we can get, get pretty darn close. Here's what I'm struggling with is, so, you know, you have, in terms of the protocols and guidelines, you have, if you test positive, you're at 21 days. And if at any point you have a 5%, a greater than 5% team positivity rate, you automatically have to shut it down for a week. What, here's what I'm struggling with is everyone has kind of pointed to rapid testing as one of the main things, if not the main reasons that f- people have, feel, have felt good enough to bring Big Ten football back. Well, why, why do we trust rapid testing enough to use that as the reason to bring football back, but then when positive tests start popping up, we don't then lean on rapid testing to trust that if you have five, ten positives pop up as you're testing, that we trust that the 90 negatives are 90 negatives. You, do you follow what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm struggling or, or with, you know, with – so I just don't I'm, – I'm struggling with that. Like, if, if it was – if you were back to testing, like, say you were doing – remember initially the time, like, oh, we're going to test once a week, twice a week. Then I could, you know, all of a sudden a, a, a few pop up and you go, okay, hold on. Well, we maybe need to like stop for a second and get our arms around this thing. But doesn't, I just don't understand how rapid, rapid testing, isn't it meant to solve a lot of these things? Yeah, it is. It's supposed to be so that when you take the field, if you've tested negative, you're pretty much negative, especially if it's one of those, uh, you know, three or four percent, you know, yeah. essentially 97, 98 percent accurate type of of test. I don't know if the difference is that, you know, some of these leagues are not using this this higher level antigen testing that, as we've said, like it's going to cost the Big Ten a ton of money. Some that group of five, I don't think could necessarily afford this. And I go to the Big 12 where they had the issue with, with Baylor. And I don't know if that was more of a Baylor issue or a Houston issue, but I know that they were doing testing the day before competition. And 
they had only started it like a week prior. So I think the the good news for the Big Ten is you've got this five-week ramp-up. You're going to all have it by September 30th. You're going to have three weeks to kind of see how this thing is going. But but I'm with you. Like the, the contact tracing part, when I keep seeing that, I say, well, isn't that what the daily antigen yeah. testing is all about? And the only dots I can connect is those that are doing the contact tracing or relying on that don't have as good of testing, regular testing, antigen testing, whatever that is, and aren't doing it as frequently would be my would be my guess. Okay. I, I guess I don't know enough about it to draw entire conclusions about it. I would say this. If this starts happening in the Power Five, like if you see this weekend, Alabama and Missouri, Missouri's already said they might be without some players. That could change as they get more tests sure. and test results back. But if we start seeing it in the Power Five, then I start to go, okay, what is this thing all about there? Why did we sign these contracts with these, uh, with these companies? Yeah, I totally agree. And yeah. the thing that's tough is, you know, when you, when you combine the protocols and guidelines of, that we just laid out, 20, 21 days out with a positive test, anytime you're greater than 5% team positivity rate is shut right. it down for a week. When you combine that with the time frame of the schedule, you're playing eight games in eight weeks, no bye weeks. This is, this is going to be really, really challenging to complete. And the hard thing is the whole 21 days, if being out 21 days with a positive test is if you, if you test positive, that basically means you are out for half of the season. And that's about right. Yeah. I, I th- that's brutal. I mean, like you, I mean a positive test and you're, it's, you're, you're out for half the year. So I'm just, it'll be again, I, I'm I'm ex- I'm super excited about football being back. I can sit here and and kick and scream about how I think the schedule is a little unfair, but I'm still happy it's here. But I would say the thing that I'm most concerned with is still what all this looks like looks like as you're wrestling with the virus, given the protocols that have been put in place by the Big Ten for Nebraska to get in eight games and and do so with a football with you know your stars on the field. And the, line, the the folks that have the less depth are obviously going to suffer the, the most. Again, that's ta- not talking about life and death. I'm just talking about on, yes. the, on the field. But here, it's pretty obvious that the Big Ten said, all right, fine, we're going to play, but we're still going to give the impression, because we believe this, that the health of our student-athletes is most important. So if it means losing games, we would rather have you lose games than lose people or have guys hospitalized or have long-term effects. Totally. So we're going to do whatever I can to kind of cover our A's here. That, that, doesn't during. that feel like, you know, because you wonder what those conversations were like uh, when it getting, you know, getting decided to, to revive football. You feel like the, the people in the room that didn't want it to come back Versus the people that did, it feels like a lot of the common ground or uh, you know the the different negotiations that they've made, where it's like, okay, fine, you wanna you wanna have the season, I'll vote yes, but you better w- then we're gonna have some super strict guidelines for what all this looks like fine you want to borrow the car you can have it you just need to check in with me every half hour put your gps on uh and be home by 10 o'clock every single night that's 100 it get your homework done by the way and i'm I'm a little sidetracked here this is uh the first time you and i have ever been uh, on the air together during a the end of an nba game and i believe 
I believe Anthony Davis hit the game-winning shot no. at the buzzer, and I think it just happened moments no. ago. And they beat the Nuggets 105 to 103 and take a two games to none lead no, here. In I don't the have series. a TV in my um, room right now. So no. sorry. Did I ruin it for you? Were you no, going to go back I mean, and watch? I, not, no, I, it's not. I mean, I was obviously going to go check, see what happened. But, I mean, no, this is great. I mean, they were up like 10 at half, and Brown was doing his dying for that chicken wing. Lakers were inbounding here. Here, I'm going to do this. Give this to me. What, yeah, can I I'm see? I'm going to show it to TV. you. I'm going to show you the replay here, okay. and uh, I'm just going to take my take my headset off, and I'm going to go up to the TV. Okay, give it to me. I want to I see what happened. So it had to have been tied at 103. Can you see that? Yep, I got it. Yep. Oh, Lord have mercy. Anthony Davis with a little wing jumper. Oh, my goodness, Shicky. Anthony Davis at the buzzer. That guy should be on, uh, should be on your all-NBA first team. Oh, Look kidding! We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I know. Uh, my goodness, that's uh, what a finish! Wow, what a okay, finish! There. 105, go. 103. Lakers get the win. Here we are. I mean, this feels like a radio show. This is good. It's like we had our Clint from Technical Magic gave us Directv in our studio, and we we're watching it, man. Uh, I don't have anything else. I mean, no, I, think I mean, we I think we tackled it all. Man. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't. Unless you want to um, get into uh, you know the Clippers and and their end of the year and. Miami zone against Boston. You you want to break that down, or you just I want to don't. save that for next time? You'll be shocked to know that I don't. Um, <laughs> but um, I do. Uh, let's read some emails here. This is from Curtis, who says, uh, "So you guys have ruined watching the weather here in Omaha." <laughs> uh, I had KETV on early this morning. Matt Swervey was doing the daily forecast and says. <laughs> And he says, do I think we'll see the sun finally this afternoon? And I say out loud, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, He finishes saying, I guarantee it. I started laughing loud enough to rouse my four-year-old in the next room. Thanks a lot. Heck of a start to a dreary football-less Saturday. That was Jeff says, now whenever I say, I don't know. I don't know. Or hear someone say that phrase, I repeat it in my head in the Ronnie Green voice. Uh, same with no, no. Uh, you guys are contributing to my simpleton mind. Yes. Thank you for doing the show. Yes. And <laughs> I do struggle and with that, though. Anytime I hear, I hear a lot of people ask themselves a question anymore. That happens more than you think in, in daily communication. And then people say, I don't know, a lot. And Ronnie Green just it, is echoing in my cranium. And I love every second of it. There's, uh, there's just so much. And we appreciate uh Everything there, um, but yeah, might might this uh, topic of the Husker schedule and how they're going to do be revisited? Might that topic be revisited? I don't know. Go to Triple B Printing, get the shirts, <laughs> and uh, this podcast unfortunately is over. I'm not happy about that.